hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the one and only Rick Stevens, our editor-in-chief and founder here at Rocket Sports Media. How are you today? Good afternoon. I'm fine, thanks. Doing well. That's good. That's in good. this first week of June. It's nuts. I don't know where this year is going. I don't know where it's going. But yes. Well, everything, June. you're feeling just kind of, in addition to, you know, uh, what's going on in the world, we're, we're feeling just a little out of sorts, given that the hockey calendar isn't matching with the, um, the regular calendar. No. Not at all. So it just feels kind of weird. It does. It does. And I know, and it's, you know, if we're, we're still talking about the return to, if, if hockey comes back in August, my whole, my whole concept of time and the calendar is going to be <laughs> completely well, that's the thing. A standing cup whack. awarded in, in October, that's going to be bizarre. If, if, if it even happens at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But what's not weird is that we have lots of hockey news to talk about today. Um, we've got some contract things that have happened uh, for both uh, the the Montreal Canadiens organization and the Philadelphia Flyers organization in the past week, uh, as well as uh, some news from from the the overall. Um, organization of the Montreal of, of the Montreal Canadiens, which um, took some people by surprise this week that we're going to talk about. Um, when we go around the AHL in the second segment, we are going to talk about some more uh, end of year awards that have been handed out uh, from the AHL. We have our first bit of new uh, coaching news uh, in, in this off season. Uh, and we have a, a new franchise joining the league next year. And we finally know what the name of it is. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. And then in the third segment beyond the AHL, uh, Rick's got a bit of an, a European update for us. We have a new top five for you this week. One that uh, Rick uh, came up with. I think it's a pretty good one. Uh, I think it's going to, think we're going to have some some great responses from our listeners on that one and then of course before we wrap up for today we have a feel-good finale because we all need something to feel good about perfect mm-hmm. yeah that top five's got a, a couple of rules attached to it it Felt does it was necessary yeah i'm going I, i'm going to um you when you emailed me when you emailed me the concept pitch yeah for for this top five i'm going Pitching to, to bestow the upon yeah yeah exactly i'm going to bestow upon our listeners the 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 formal presentation in your email that that you laid out it's okay. very formal really it's very I don't yeah what i wrote mm. well you'll hear it in a little bit so hopefully you didn't write anything embarrassing Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Well, let's start off with uh, some news uh, out of Philadelphia, and that would be uh, entry-level contract signed for Linus Hogberg, uh, which will it will begin in twenty uh, this next season, twenty twenty-one. Uh, if you remember, Hogberg was uh, the Flyers' fifth-round pick in the two thousand sixteen NHL entry draft. Uh, Swedish player uh, that uh, I think everybody's pretty excited to see uh, Linus Hogberg come come stateside and uh, and see what he can do. He's um, yeah, I mean he's a, a puck moving defenseman and uh, a strong skater uh, handles the puck well. And um, I, thing is, I was looking at that that 2016 draft and and be critical of Ron Hextall all you want, but. Look mm-hmm. at that 2016 draft class. First round, you got uh, German Rupsov, um, mostly with the Phantoms, got a couple of games with the Flyers. Second round, Pascal LaBerge uh, with the Phantoms and, and the, the Reading Royals. Um, second round, again, Carter Hart, uh, what a pick there. Another second round pick in the 2016 draft, Wade Ellison. Third round, Car- Carson Torinsky. Fourth round, Connor Bunneman. Fifth round, Linus Hoberg, sixth round Tanner Lezinski, uh, and you go right down to the seventh round David Bernhardt, and and I think because of signing Linus Hoberg, um, the um, uh, Flyers decided to uh, cut loose uh, David Bernhardt. But uh, my goodness, what a what Quite a, a draft class. prospect riches, riches in 2016, uh, including Hoberg. Yeah. It's the one thing you can't take away from Ron Hextall. He he drafted well. He drafted well for multiple years, and he really stocked the cupboards quite full. Uh, and and the Flyers are continuing to reap the benefits of that. Uh, they already have benefited greatly from it, both at the NHL and AHL level for the last couple of years. Uh, and it's still happening now. Uh, and and you'll continue to see Ron Hextall prospects um, coming through the doors. Uh, into pro hockey here in the States uh, in the Flyers organization uh, this coming year and, and, and even beyond. So um, I agree. Uh, great draft class um, and uh, should be, should be really fun to watch Linus Hogberg uh, and see what he can do. Speaking of contracts, uh, the Laval rocket announced a contract signing this past week, a uh, one-year, one-way AHL contract with a name probably familiar to Rocket fans, and that would be Raphael Harvey-Pinard. Um, played uh, in the queue this past season with Shakutami, recording 78 points for 34 goals and 44 assists with a plus 37 differential. Um, and so he's been one, Rick. They've certainly been been high on him. Uh, for a while now, um, he seems to be a, a common name that comes up both with with fans and with the Montreal media. And so, looks like Laval has gone ahead and signed him to an AHL contract for next season. Again, we'll temper our expectations here. He's a seventh round pick, um, not not the most skilled player, and certainly his skating is. Uh, sub-average, and, uh, but that's something he plans to work on uh, again. Uh, it's been a, uh, something he's needed to work on for a while. Uh, he's going to look after it 
that again this summer. What attracts the Canadians or what attracts uh, Joel Bouchard and the reason he got the Laval contract is his work ethic. He's uh, a tireless worker and um, he'll, you know, fill those kind of roles, uh, whether it's penalty killing um, or uh, in a defensive role late in the game that, um, that uh, Joel Bouchard likes. Uh, you'll probably see him get more ice time than uh, some of, of the Canadians' more prominent prospects because uh, he's that lunch bucket kind of player. Absolutely. And, and he has had uh, success in the QMJHL. Uh, you know, he was captain in both of his organizations, um, was honored recently with the Marcel Robert Trophy, which is awarded every year to the player who presents the best combination of both academic and sports achievements in the queue. So, um, you know, he, as you say, that's kind of a testament to that hard work ethic that, that you just mentioned. Uh, so I think fans will be excited to see Raphael Harvey Bernard um, take the ice at Place Bell next year. I should say, um, just to, to finish that off, he was also nominated. He was the, uh, QMJHL um, nominee for the uh, CHL Scholastic Player of the Year award. That award was announced by the CHL uh, today. It went to, didn't go to um, Raphael Harvey Pernard. It went to uh, uh, Cole Perfetti, actually. Oh, okay. uh, But still um, a good uh, showing for uh, Raphael Harvey Pernard that he was um, a nominee for the award. Absolutely. So he's very good in on the educational side, and that work ethic also shows uh, on the ice as well. Speaking now the, of awards, um, yeah. we'll, and uh, I think we're going to be getting to this a little bit later, but um, we've got some um, content on AHL.Report that is covering these awards. So just a hint of what we might talk about a bit later. Yes, we are going to talk about that in a little while. Stay tuned. Um also coming out of Montreal this week, Rick, was um, some different news that I don't, I think caught some people really off guard. Um, big shakeup at Group CH this week. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're listening to this show and you also listen to Rick uh, and Joe Whalen on Saturdays on the Canadians Connection, you know that they've spoken uh, at great length about uh, things that Group CH has been doing throughout this uh, kind of pause and, and, and downtime and so forth um, that they filed for um, government assistance due to the pandemic and have your opinions one way or another about, about a, a, an organization like group CH doing that. But now this week, Rick, um, there's been a number of layoffs or positions that have been terminated within Group CH, a couple of which are pretty high profile. Um, And this all kind of came out of nowhere, it sort of feels like, Um, particularly for for an organization like the Canadians and Group CH, um, which I would think wouldn't be... Everyone's hurting financially right now as far as companies go, but enough to get rid of as many employees as they did? I'm not sure. Well, we don't even know. We, we don't know um, 
they they group CH has talked about significant layoffs uh, to respond to the the downturn in in revenues um, uh, tied to the pandemic. Um, But we don't know how many have have lost their jobs. We know that certain number at Molson's lost jobs, certain number at at group CH. um, But they formally said goodbye and, and it was kind of a permanent goodbye to the communication staff. Um, that's Dominic Seon, Francois Marchand. Um, and uh, that, I think, is, um, is interesting uh, because we remember it's not so long ago that Donald Beauchamp was also uh, ushered out of the communications portfolio for the Canadians. Um, and it seems, and we also remember that Paul Wilson, uh, coming from outside the organization, and he looked after the the administrative communications with respect to Group CH, uh, very recent, well, within this year, has has uh, uh, more of the communications have come under his um, uh, purview, and it seems like uh, they're centralizing uh, so that Paul Wilson will have a, a greater say in the um, and, and influence in the decisions about the Montreal Canadiens communications. Uh, so, in a sense, they. They eliminated the 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 middle guys, and uh, mm-hmm. this will come right now from the the top. And we saw uh, maybe some a preview of, of of what that meant with uh, uh, near the end of the season. Uh, Paul Wilson attacking journalists on on um, uh, Montreal journalists on Twitter when he uh, didn't like the criticism that they were leveling at the organization. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's. As you say, first of all, it's it's curious that they only made public a couple of the names, namely Seon and Marchand, um, and then the rest of the terminations or layoffs are just completely left as a giant question mark. Um, and when it, asked, when yeah. asked Paul Wilson, here's the quote from Paul Wilson: um, "In accordance with our internal policies, we do not intend to comment." on any other human resource decisions. Except for these two that we'll just publicly flaunt in front <laughs> of you that, hey, we fired these guys. That's right. Um, it's, it's weird. Seance has been there forever. Um, yeah, well, as had they, Donald Beauchamp. Yeah. Um, it's, it's odd. Um, and... I don't see a lot of people asking a lot of questions about it. And that's, that's equally odd. I think. Um, like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, that's a shame. Um, but well, I guess we shouldn't question it. We have it. to play the game. Uh, as <laughs> we've seen right. with the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> and with the communications department, you have mm-hmm. to play the game in order to get access. And you saw people, you saw the, the journalists on Twitter uh, trying to, outdo each other uh, praising the communications department. Uh, mm-hmm. And apparently they've learned, uh, they've been trained and Paul Wilson coming in and, and uh, cracking the whip uh, at the end of the season. Um, they've taken notice and, and uh, yeah, you don't ask the wrong questions um, and, uh, and, and you make sure you, you say how wonderful they are and, and, and then you'll retain your access. Don't make me get on a soapbox here because, it, you know, mm, 
that's just journalism is supposed to be journalism and um, credentials and media access is supposed to come with merit, not based on who can suck up better, um, based on who doesn't criticize an organization. Um, you know, that that toes a very dangerous line, in my opinion. Um, it's not something that I've ever been pleased to see. And, and the fact that it seems to be happening more and more uh, in the Montreal organization is a bit disconcerting, to say the least. Um, but you know that you'll count on our Rocket Sports media journalists to continue to bring you unvarnished, <laughs> honest reporting as we see it. Um, and, and we don't apologize for that because fans deserve to have um, an objective, unbiased, honest view of the news about the hockey team that they enjoy following. So, and we'll there. always tell you what we don't know. And in, right. in this case, we don't know what happened to uh, Charles, uh, wh- who looks after communications with respect to the Laval Rocket. What we're, we're trying to oh. find out, and we will find out. Um, uh, yeah, Charles we don't, and Guillaume, Guillaume and is still there. But, so there are other decisions, and because the Canadians won't tell us, uh, it hasn't been easy to find out. But, but we'll find out for you. And uh, right. we'll let you know when we do. That's right. Um, yeah, basically just saying we don't we don't know. You know, we know Canadians communication department was affected. We don't know if that has also trickled down into the Laval communications department. So um, we will to be announced, to be determined. <laughs> we'll stay on it. Um, with that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL. We have some more AHL League Awards to talk about and a brand new franchise coming next year. So don't go anywhere. And don't forget, in the third segment, we've got a really great top five that you don't want to miss. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget to follow us out there in the social media lands, in the Twitterverse. You'll want to be following at the AHL Report. That's the best place to find links to all of our content, our articles, podcasts like this one, as well as news that we uh, are able to retweet or put out during the week 
uh, that happens to come along regarding the AHL, the NHL, um, prospects, junior hockey, you name it. Uh, be sure you're following us at the AHL Report. Now, Rick, uh, since the AHL season has officially ended every week for the last couple of weeks, we've uh, been able to pass along who the various uh, league award winners for the 2019-20 season have been, and there are three more that are out this past week. Uh, We should start with the Eddie Shore Award, and that is, of course, awarded to the AHL's Outstanding Defenseman for the 2019-20 season. And this year, that honor went to none other than Jake Bean of the Charlotte Checkers. Um, and, uh, you know, Jake Bean's a pretty pretty dynamic player to watch every time we've seen him. He's only 21, year old, 21 years old, led, the, uh, led defenseman in the league this year with uh, 48 points in just 59 games for the Checkers, uh, 10, eight, 10 goals, 38 assists, and finished up as the leading scorer on Charlotte's roster. A defenseman, <laughs> a defenseman, uh, Rick. I think this was a, a pretty aptly awarded uh, honor there for Jake Bean. Yeah, this was uh, an easy award um, uh, because he was head and shoulders the best defenseman in the AHL this season, and um, don't expect to see him uh, in the NHL much longer. You're going to find him on the uh, Carolina blue line uh, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's um, he's certainly ready for that level of competition, and it could be as soon as uh, when uh, the season resumes. Absolutely. So congratulations to Jake Bean winning the Eddie Shore Award. Uh Next after that would be the Dudley Red Garrett Memorial Award. Of course, that goes to the AHL's Outstanding Rookie for the season. Now this, Rick, I have to say, again, um, duly given. uh, We've talked so often this season about how outstanding Troy Mann and the Belleville Senators have been, that that the Ottawa Senators really have a great prospect pool coming up. Uh, through the AHL, and so um, no surprise to see Josh Norris of the Belleville Senators as the league's outstanding rookie for this past season. Um, Earned spots on both the AHL first all-star team and the all-rookie team for this year. He was the league's top-scoring rookie with 31 goals and 61 points in 56 games and tied for third in the overall scoring race. Highest finish by an AHL rookie since Corey Conacher placed second in 2011. Uh, so pretty, uh, pretty impressive season for Josh Norris. Certainly know that anytime the Laval Rocket faced, faced he and the Belleville Senators, it was never an easy task. Such a, a, a good crop of prospects uh, with Belleville. They had a very good season um, and, uh, and, 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 Josh Norris was part of that, and and he got all kinds of when the the announcement was um, made to end the season, he got all kinds of praise from his general manager Pierre Dorian, uh, mm-hmm. who said that uh, Norris was was dominant um, in his viewing. So uh, he's got a great future with the Senators, and and he had a really good season, um, and uh, absolutely um, um, a good pick for rookie of the year. Absolutely. So that brings us then, of course, to the Les Cunningham Award, which goes to the AHL's MVP for this season. 
and Rick, we've mentioned in past weeks uh, lots of awards uh, for the season coming out of the Western Conference and particularly the Iowa Wild, and this one is no different. The league's MVP for this year, none other than Jerry Mayhew, uh, 39 goals, league best 39 goals, the most by an AHL skater since the 2011-12 season, and uh, finished third with 61 points in just 49 games. Um, Ten of his goals were game winners, registered 11 multiple goal outings, including a natural hat trick and a 3-0 win over San Diego on Valentine's Day. Uh, so absolutely, <laughs> I'm sure, and I'm sure uh, Sylvain Lefebvre and the goals really appreciated that Valentine's Day gift, I'm sure. Um, yeah, just accolade after accolade, he, he set records, he, he tied scoring streaks, uh, absolutely just uh, head and shoulders above the competition. Jerry Mayhew uh, winning this one uh, is pretty appropriate for he and the Iowa Wild. Well, speaking of the Wild, Iowa Wild, as Salmon asked, that uh, uh, was the top scorer with 70 points. As you said, Jerry Mayhew with, uh, was the top goal scorer at, with 39. Uh, pretty impressive point-per-game ratio, 1.24 points per game for Jerry Ooh. Mayhew, but also 1.39 penalty minutes per game, which put him near the well. uh, the top. So a bit of a tough customer in in, in addition to um, um, being able to put in the points. So uh, an all-rounder there had a great season and uh, and deservedly uh, picked the MVP of the league. Absolutely. So congratulations there to Jake Bean, Josh Norris, and Jerry Mayhew. I uh, have to say, I'm going to repeat what I said. I believe it was last week. Uh, do not, folks who are fans of Eastern Conference teams, do not sleep on the Western Conference. Uh, they are... They are really coming into their own, and teams out there are really starting to build uh, formidable prospect pools and and pretty tough opponents out there in the West. And this year's awards and this year's uh, stats really back that up uh, a lot. Plenty of talent in the East, but the West is really producing a lot of top-notch players, uh, and I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about them uh, as each uh, future season comes to pass. So congratulations to all of them. Now it wouldn't be the off season if there were not coaching changes, that's for sure. And uh, the first one has already happened. Actually, we don't know who the new coach will be, but we do know who's not coming back to the Ontario reign. The Los Angeles Kings did announce over the weekend uh, that they will not be renewing the contract of Ontario reign head coach, Mike Stothers. Uh, he's been the head coach for the Kings AHL affiliate for the last six seasons. Um, in fact, won the AHL Outstanding Coach Award back in 2014-15 um, with the Manchester Monarchs. Won a Calder Cup championship with them back then as well. Uh, but as we've seen, uh, the rain has had its share of struggles. LA's organization in general has had its share of struggles, but but the rain has has had some struggles the last uh, couple of years, and it uh, looks like that the Kings are going to try to go in a new direction uh, behind the bench with their AHL affiliates. So uh, stay tuned. We will see who they select to replace uh, Mike Stothers. 
Mike Stothers is uh, also, as a player, he also won a, a Calder Cup. Um, he uh, has a connection to Philadelphia in that he was a first-round pick. The Flyers' uh, first-round pick, 21st overall in the 1980 uh, draft, uh, didn't quite make that transition uh, to the NHL with the Flyers, only 30 NHL games, but is a veteran of the AHL, 671 AHL games, um, so that when it came time to to coach, uh, the AHL was uh, a natural fit. He's coached in Hershey, coached the Philadelphia Phantoms, um, stepped in in an assistant role with uh, with the Flyers, and and then has has had a number of of uh, stops uh, between um, that and in the, uh, the OHL and and the WHL and and the last few years uh, with the Ontario Reign of the AHL. So. Plenty of experience there. I expect that um, he won't be out of work very long, but um, that the rain wanted to uh, make a change, and they they did. Absolutely, we wish him we wish him well. I'm sure he'll land on his feet, and uh, now it'll be. It's always so, um, you know, it, the the suspense of seeing who gets new coaching positions in the AHL is always a fun part of the off season. So we'll see who his replacement will be. There will be a whole new slate of coaches coming as well with the newest franchise uh, to hit the league this coming year. Uh, as we know, it's been much talked about on this program. Uh, and our, our friend Patrick Williams has come on to talk about it as well, that, of course, the San Antonio Rampage are no longer, uh, particularly with the season being canceled. Uh, they kind of had an early exit uh, once it was, uh, once the news came out earlier this this season that uh, Las Vegas had purchased the franchise and was moving it to Henderson, uh, which is just outside of Las Vegas, uh, just a short trip down the road, um, and where they will play for two seasons until uh, an arena of their own can be built. Um, and so the Vegas Golden Knights unveiled what the new name and logo of their newest uh, team, the newest AHL affiliate will be. And it is the Henderson Silver Knights, the AHL affiliate of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Rick, it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's a great name. I like the branding that they're building within the organization. I particularly love the logo. It's kind of an armored the, it's a shield and the head of an armored horse instead of the shield and the armored head of a knight. Um, and it's, it's neat. The press release has also gives you kind of clues as to, to all of the inspiration in the logo. Um, you know, they've got the, the shield shape is the same as the golden knights. Uh, the horse has golden eyes to pay homage to, to the golden knights. Um, interestingly, there's 20 links of chain mail and around the horse's neck, and there's 21 rivets in, in the shield on the horse's head. And so those 20 links of chain mail and the 21 rivets represent their inaugural 2021 season. Um, wow. That's a marketing team with some attention to detail. (laughs) But it looks great. I, it looks great. The rollout was great. I love the name. Um, I think they're doing a great job with the branding. 
And they say that the armored war horse is synonymous with strength, endurance, and fearlessness during battle. That's right. It, well, and it also says, and I like this because this is this is a testament to what the players in the AHL are trying to do. It says the armored war horse was instrumental in the knight's quest to become elite. And that's what every AHL player is doing there on their quest to become elite and play in the NHL. So I really like all the symbolism. They got me on the symbolism. Yeah, Yeah, they did. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty fun. They're going to play their home games during the upcoming season at the Orleans arena located at the Orleans hotel and casino in Henderson. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty fun. Um, and I, you know, if, if Vegas's intermission entertainment and, and fan experience is anything, I'm, I'm betting fans in Henderson are going to have a pretty good time at those AHL games. And I'm going to bet that they're going to pack that rank. Um, I think that's going to be a, a new go-to spot for AHL fans. So Congratulations to the Henderson Silver Knights. We look forward to seeing you in action. We're also really looking forward to uh, the top five that we've got coming up, and it's coming up right after this break. You don't want to go anywhere. It's uh, if you like movies, if you like movies, this is a top five that you're going to want to get involved in. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take one quick break. When we come back, we're going to go to our third segment beyond the AHL and uh, tell you what that top five is all about. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, make sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You just don't want to miss a second of our great content that we've got there, as well as staying on top of all the news that we share there uh, from around the league and around the hockey world. Uh, But particularly, you know, you've got links to this podcast uh, articles. Uh, My colleague, Chris G just has uh, just had a new rocket notepad out Uh, great article uh, by him on, on some potential 
players that the Canadians could tap uh, for their Black Aces squad. And Rick, we did we teased this a little bit in the first segment. Uh, there's a new prospect series uh, that's currently out uh, on on the AHL Report. Uh, new articles coming out every couple of days, thanks to a new colleague of ours, a new addition to the team, uh, one that I'm sure that you're pretty excited about, and we're all really excited to have him on board. Well, this is a prospect that we've had our eye on for a long time. Uh, we've scouted <laughs> for right. a great deal of time. Uh, we yeah. liked his score at the Combine. And um, he, right. um, Mike, Mike Rashel has joined <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike Rashel has joined us, um, the uh, the Rocket Sports team, and uh, in particular, uh, the AHL Report team. Um, he has a particular interest in, in the prospects and draft, but especially the CHL. And mm-hmm. um, to kick off his uh, 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 inaugural uh, bit of writing, he's uh, he's chosen a series on the CHL, just timed it well with the fact that the CHL is in the midst of announcing their major awards. And now the CHL being uh, comprised of the WHL, the OHL and the QMJHL. And each award has, each award has a nominee from each of those leagues. And so um, already Mike has uh, three articles up um, relating to three of the awards, uh, the CHL top score of the year, the CHL top prospect of the year, and uh, just this morning, the CHL Coach of the Year. And I won't tell you who any of them are, who the, the award winners are. Um, <laughs> you'll have to go to the site. And, but what you'll get there is not only um, uh, the winner, but you'll get a bit of a description of each of the nominees, which, uh, which for the most part is going to help prepare you for the draft. Uh, it's a, mm-hmm. Mike goes through and... and uh, uh, gives a bit of a, a scouting report on each of the prospects. He offers his, his, his own choice of who he would have picked and then reveals who the CHL indeed picked. And uh, so it's, it's a very uh, informative piece uh, as we, we roll up to the NHL entry draft. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, the series has been uh, very well received so far. It's very well written. He's doing a great job. Uh, he's you know, been on the team for a week and he's already really making a great impression. So we are so happy to have him on board. Uh, we were pleased to meet him last uh, last summer in Vancouver and just couldn't be more excited to have him on the team. So welcome aboard. Make sure all of our listeners make sure you're following him. Uh, his handle, You'll find his handle in the articles. So make sure you're following us at the AHL report or head to ahlreport.com find his articles uh, share them read them follow mike uh, he's now part of the team and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what else he brings um speaking of uh hockey outside of the AHL we are beyond the AHL in this segment rick you had some kind of a european update on a couple of familiar names for montreal canadiens fans is that correct that's true. First is um, Daniel Audette. And um, remember uh, Daniel Audette as uh, being a fifth round pick uh, of the Montreal Canadiens in 2014. Uh, played a couple of seasons with the St. John's Ice Caps, a couple of seasons with the Laval Rocket 
And then last season uh, moved over to uh, signed a, a contract with the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds and, and had a very good uh, year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had as many points last year, um, many points uh, in a, a shortened season as he did last year with uh, the Laval Rockets. So um, uh, Dan had a, 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 a solid year uh, and has decided next year to go to Europe and play in uh, the Finnish league. Um, mm. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, he's going to be playing uh, for Luko uh, in Finland. Um, and he had announced that uh, via Twitter. And whenever um, that, uh, whenever the, their season uh, gets underway, uh, he'll be, um, he'll be playing in, in Finland. Fantastic. Congratulations to Dan on his new contract and best of luck to him in Europe. Have to say, um, you know, Dan on was a hard worker um, and we always enjoyed covering him. He always big smile on his face, no matter what um, off the ice, always ready and willing to speak with us and, and give us his time for interviews. Uh, always very generous with his time. So uh, we, we always certainly appreciated that from from Dan, and we wish him the best of luck in Europe. But there were two. I hear there yes. were two. <laughs> now, this is someone um, I spoke about, I don't know how long ago, a month, maybe maybe it's longer ago, on the podcast, and I said, there's something brewing here. Um, and I'm talking about Marcus Eisenschmidt. And we remember Marcus uh, played for, played a couple of years with St. John's, uh, played in the inaugural year um, in Laval. Um, and then in the 2018-19 season, uh, he went over to play uh, in the German League for Adler Mannheim and had a great season there. And they went on for a long playoff run. And Marcus uh, was a standout there as well. Last season at, in Adler Mannheim, uh, it, was a, it was an injury-shortened season. He only played uh, 18 games, got 15 points in those 18 games. Uh, but a bit of a, wow. a disappointment for him. But about a month ago, I said, you know, some things have, Marcus was saying good things about the organization. They were saying good things about him. I said, keep an eye on it because uh, there's going to be a signing announced. And uh, that signing was announced uh, this week uh, that Marcus has signed uh, a three-year contract uh, wow. with Adler Mannheim. Yeah, and, and uh, that's that's a big commitment for uh, for both of them, actually. But for Adler Mannheim, especially given that uh, uh, he has had some tough times with injuries, um, and uh, they said, uh, we're very happy that we can continue to inspire a player with the caliber of Marcus for the Adler. It's an important piece. He's an important piece of the puzzle for a team planning in the coming years with his skills on the ice and his attitude towards daily work. He fits perfectly into our requirement portfolio and is a real role model for every player on our team, um, which pretty high praise there that, that mm-hmm. he's uh, highly thought of both on and off the ice. Uh, Marcus responded, Mannheim is a great and professional organization. I've celebrated my greatest successes here. But recently, I've also had difficult phases with injuries. But even during this time, I have been well looked after by the team. That's very important to me. I get along with everyone in the organization, and I have my place in the room. The feel-good factor fits and played a decisive role in my decision. Good for him. Treat your people well. um, That's right. Yeah. 
fosters loyalty. Mm-hmm. Foster's loyalty. Well, congratulations to Marcus Eisenschmidt. A, a three-year contract is certainly commendable. Um, and as you say, particularly given back-to-back seasons where he's un- had to deal with unfortunate injuries, it really does mean that they have a lot of confidence in him. Um, and I know we know from from all of the conversations that we've had with, with Marcus uh, and, and watching him and covering that he's a hard worker, and as long as he's healthy, he's gonna he's gonna go out there and, and really uh, make sure that they know that they made the right decision in in giving him that three year contract. So congratulations to Marcus. Uh, we wish him the best. All right, I guess that brings us now to the top five. Is this, uh, is the suspense killing you yet? So I'm gonna uh, allow me here to just pull up a, a bit of correspondence here and so this is how this was pitched to me during the coronavirus pandemic hockey fans may have rediscovered board games which gave us our top five for last week's show but fans may also be spending their time watching movies and specifically sports movies so Our top five, the suggestion provided by my fabulous co-host, was, what are your top five sports movies? However, he written email. Yes. I I know. I'm like, who are you writing to here? Says, now, unfortunately, this top five list will need a few rules to prevent an entire list of Rocky movies. Yeah. Which I took personal offense to. (laughs) So... What we're going to do is it's a little bit different. It's not a top five list of just your top five sports movies. And for the record, I would not have said Rocky one through five. I wouldn't have. Maybe close, but not completely. Um, Creed in there as well? Yes. (laughs) So what will happen is that there will be five listings there'll be number five four three two and one but each of those numbers will be a different sports category and rick and i will each give an honorable mention and a selection for that category Uh, so we're going to have miscellaneous sports we're going to have football movies baseball movies boxing movies hockey movies that's how it's going to go he does complicated rules This is you, man. This is all you. Uh, He also mentions for this exercise and indeed for life, soccer is not considered a sport and movies relating in any way to soccer will not be permitted. So those are your rules, not my call there. Leave your comments and feedback at all Habs on Twitter. (laughs) Do we have any soccer heads that listen to us? We probably do. We probably do. We probably do. Um, I will. I've been to to a major league soccer game. To go, I used to watch indoor soccer. Okay, I'll stop talking about soccer. Um, okay, so we're going to start with number five, which is miscellaneous sports. We're each going to give an honorable mention and a selection, so that each. So each number is actually going to have four movies, each of our honorable mentions and each of our selections. Does that make sense? And they're probably going to be four different movies. I'm predicting. Probably. Probably. Um, Now keep in mind, we love to hear from you on these. Be sure to uh, tweet us at the AHL report. Let us know 
your selections for each of these categories. We had some great feedback from some of our listeners uh, last week about uh, board games, including a couple that I had I was not familiar with that I'm going to have to definitely check out uh, that I'm very excited about. Um, but okay, so we're going to start number five: miscellaneous sports. All right. Honorable mention, and then your selection. You want me to go first? This was this was the hardest one for me because a, a bunch of different ones came up, um, and and there was ones I thought that I was supposed to include. You know, the first thing that came to mind in miscellaneous sports was Chariots of Fire, the movie about the uh, 1924 Paris Olympics and its spiritual and patriotic. And the only thing I could remember was the the Vangelis score. So I thought, okay, and the running on the beach. So leave that All one right. out. Okay. And so I had two movies. I had two movies. I had a, a honorable mention, and and I had a my my preferred pick. And then I watched a movie, and it bumped it it bumped a movie out. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm gonna I'm All just right. gonna mention it's it can't be officially my honorable mention because of the rules, but I'm just gonna mention if if you have a chance, watch The Big Blue. It is a beautiful movie. It's Jean Reno. It's all about free divers. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. It's absolutely gorgeously shot, uh, but I can't include it in my list, unfortunately. Um, okay. So my, my honorable mention, my runner-up, is uh, a bowling movie. And I guess it's not, it's not exactly a bowling movie, but it has bowling in it, and it's a brilliant movie, and it's called The Big Lebowski and people that know me know that I'm a Coen brothers fan. So it fit perfectly in here. Um, so we should just call you the bowling. We should should just refer to you as the dude from now on as the dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Jeff Lebowski, Jeff, the dude Lebowski. That's right. It's a great movie. Big Lebowski is great. Um, movie. But the movie that, that, um, that I'm going to have to choose here is a, re- a movie I recently saw, and that's Ford versus Ferrari, which is, is brilliantly done. And I, for whatever reason, I don't find many movies I like anymore, but this one I really liked. Um, and it's a great sports movie. Um, it's, it's a great racing movie. And um, I, I thought it was really, really well done. I would have to agree with you. In fact, um, like you, I I actually narrowed this category down to three, and it's I've been oh I don't know which one I'm going to leave out. So my pick was going to be Ford versus Ferrari. So since you mentioned it, I can I can boot it out of my, out of my three that I narrowed it down to. Um, fantastic movie. Um, Matt Damon, Matthew McConaughey both play cast perfectly for their parts. Um, it's an incredible true story. Um, and uh, so not only is it amazing to, to learn the story and, and really understand the story, but the, the, the cinematography is great. The directing is great. The racing is great. The cars are fantastic. Um, really great, really great movie. So I, I would agree with you on that. So that means if I'm, if I'm booting Ford versus Ferrari, that Ferrari, then that means, um, well, and I have to say this too: before before Ford versus Ferrari, if I was going to choose a racing movie, it would have been Days of Thunder from an eon ago. Um, sappy Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman nonsense, but 
absolutely Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari takes that over. Um, this was also a hard category for me because there's a lot of different sports movies that I like. So without narrowing the categories down, it was hard to say, oh, well, you know, the color of money was really good. I mean, that's, that's shooting pool. Um, Hoosiers was pretty good. Gene Hackman, um, all that kind of stuff. However, my honorable mention has to go to the karate kid, actually the whole karate kid franchise, but particularly one and two, um, Karate Kid was a, I mean, it's just, it's a classic series of movies. Uh, Mr. Miyagi is, I mean, wax on, wax off. It's not only were it, was, is it a great sports movie, uh, but, um, you know, life lessons and philosophy as well. I mean, you can't go wrong. You just can't. So the Karate Kid franchise, as my honorable mention, which makes my winner Caddyshack. Bill Murray, wow. you can't go wrong with the Groundhog and Bill Murray and all the rest of them. So it's got to be Caddyshack. It's good. All right. So that takes us to, so again, keep track, keep score at home while you're listening. Jot it down. We want to know what your favorite miscellaneous sports movie is of a sport that's not covered in any of our other four categories, which number four is football. This was another tough one for me, but let's hear what you've got for your honorable mention and your selection. And remember, we're not, we're, we're not um, moving towards uh, a number one movie. We're, we're picking the best movies in each of five categories. So that's right. um, For, for football, for the football category, um, my, my movies are, um, they're a bit dated, but they still hold up pretty well. And, and the reason I chose them is because they're realistic. One of them's realistic. The other is brutally realistic. Um, my runner up is any given Sunday, um, late nineties movie, Al Pacino and Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty realistic and focuses on, on, on the coach and, and, uh, an Oliver Stone movie. It was, it was, it was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, my brutally realistic movie, um, goes back, um, to the late seventies and it's North Dallas 40. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a pretty rough movie with Mac Davis, Nick Nolte, John Matuzak, uh, Bo Svensson, and Charles Durning. Um, it just, it, that was the when you go back and watch it, it's just uh, the 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 pain <laughs> that the players go through uh, to play football, and and um, and many many um, NFL players have said that uh, it was it was kind of right on the money um, mm. as far as that goes. I haven't seen that one. I'm going to have to watch it. Have not seen it. But I do agree with you on any given Sunday. We are again in a category that I could not narrow down to two. I had three. One of those three was any given Sunday. So I can now shovel it right off to the side since you've already covered it. Um, it's a fantastic movie. Um, absolutely one of one of the best football movies ever made. Um, it was also hard for me to not include Invincible in this list. Uh, and I, so I'm going to mention it just because 
as an Eagles fan, I can't not mention it, uh, was Mark Wahlberg starring uh, the true story of Vince Papali um, and his time with the Eagles. It was a really, 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 really good movie for Eagles fans. But my honorable mention has to be Friday Night Lights. Um, football in Texas, high school football in Texas is a whole whole other beast in the United States of America. And uh, they really capture that very well in Friday Night Lights. Billy Bob Thornton, one of my favorite actors, uh, tremendous, tremendous performance uh, and just a really fun movie uh, covering high school football. Um, and from there, my my number one pick has to be going from high school football to college football. And there just is no movie quite like Rudy. Um, and it's, you know, it's a bit sappy. It's a bit predictable. Uh, but the story of Rudy and the story of, of Notre Dame football um, and, and, and just the way the whole, the way that whole film was done is makes it uh, it's just my favorite football movie ever. Um, <laughs> so there we have it. So when you're keeping track at home, favorite football movie. Let's hear it. I'm marking uh, a couple of these down. That's good. That's good. Uh, so number three, we are getting to baseball movies. And why don't you go first on this one? Me? Oh, goodness. Or if do you have three for everyone, or should I say, because I only have two. Do you want me to say, and then it might knock this out one? This is the last one that I have. This is the last one that I have okay. three for. All right. We'll let you go first on number two then. Okay. Um, for baseball, I have, and I've, um, I've kind of, for football, I said it had to be realistic and, and brutally realistic. Uh, for baseball, I have one in there that's anything but realistic. Field of Dreams um, is my runner-up, and it's it's a family movie. It's it's, it's mystical. Um, it's all about tradition and and uh, and and hope and dreams and and uh, all about a, a farmer in Iowa. Kevin Costner um, is uh, is in it, and and uh, James Earl Jones and Ray Liotta and and Burt Lancaster. Um, oh my! It's uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a a feel good movie. Love it. Um, at the other end, uh, you have uh, Bull Durham. Uh, that's my pick for this category, and it's uh, the Durham Bulls uh, um, minor league baseball team. Uh, I was talking about Triple uh, A baseball on uh, on the Canadians Connection on on uh, Saturday with uh, Joe Whalen. This is this is about minor league baseball. It's it's quite authentic, um, relatively ac- an accurate look at the minor leagues, but but it's also a comedy. So it's it's a bit silly mm-hmm. and fun uh, with Susan Sarandon and Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins and and uh, again a, a bit dated, but uh, I think it holds up pretty well. It does. It absolutely does. And we've also, three for three, you've knocked one of my three out uh, with Field of Dreams. So <laughs> it's, it's great. It's helpful. Um, the kid in me wanted to put the Sandlot in this, in, this, in this category, but I just couldn't fit it in. But for kids, um, the Sandlot is it, just a tremendous baseball movie. But um, 
both of mine are less in the serious bull Durham category. Um, both of mine are kind of in the silly category. Um, my runner up is a league of their own just because it's goofy and it's fun. Tom Hanks is, is delightful in it. Um, the, the, you know, Tom Hanks, the crudging, you know, old Tom Hanks is better old baseball manager having to manage a team of girls, um, the, you know, the likes of Rosie O'Donnell and, and Madonna. And it's just the weirdest cast it is absolutely the weirdest cast, uh, but it works somehow. It just works. So a league of their own would be my runner up, but there is no other baseball movie without major league. There just isn't. There just isn't wild thing. There's just nothing like Charlie Sheen and the wild thing and Major League. I mean, it's just, it is, it's just tremendous. It's tremendous. Mm-hmm. Major League, yeah, Major League has to be my overall pick for favorite baseball movie. That brings us to category number two, category number four, depending on which way you're counting, boxing. So I think I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'll go first on this one. Um my runner up my my runner up Actually I'm going to do this backwards. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what my pick is first cuz I think everybody on this every single person who listens to this show will know that I'm going to say Rocky and all of the Rockies and every Creed <laughs> and Rocky Balboa, every single movie that has Rocky Balboa in it See? is my number one pick. Hence um, the rules. Well, you just can't argue with facts. I mean, there's just, and I, I, I know there's a lot, there's a lot of boxing flicks. A lot of them are very good, but I'm sorry. There's just nothing that compares to the Rocky franchise. Just doesn't. Um, so that is my pick. My runner up, however, is Cinderella man. Again, um, I mean, it's it's a really powerful story. It's a it's a great movie, and the cast. You you, you go back and you think about it. Russell Crowe, Renee Zellweger, Paul Giamatti, um, fantastic cast, and a, and a great movie. Uh, so Cinderella Man is my is my runner up. Well. That happens. Uh, it's it's interesting the way we did this because that also happens to be on my list. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, uh, it was my it was my pick for the top uh, boxing movie. Um, oh Cinderella, wow! Cinderella Mellon. and and I just like it because it's 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 uh, depression era and it's it's mm-hmm. gritty and it's um, you know, about a, an underdog and upsets and 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 all of that a guy that works during the day, um, you know, in a, in a basic laboring job and then, and then boxes. And, uh, and it was filmed in the distillery area, dist- district in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I, Russell Crowe, I, I really liked the movie. Um, yeah. my runner up, um, was perhaps a, a better made movie, at least, um, uh, critics wise, um, it was a million dollar baby. 
Uh, it was yeah, a Clint Eastwood good movie uh, where he's uh, a veteran uh, boxing trainer and, and takes on, um, reluctantly takes on um, Hillary Swank um, and, uh, and trains her along with Morgan Freeman. And, and uh, it's a, uh, it's a very moving uh, kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, people will be yelling uh, Raging Bull and those kinds of movies, but yeah. uh, for, for my money, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no. I've got Million Dollar Personal Baby and Cinderella Man. All right. So if you're listening out there, that means so far we want to hear your favorite miscellaneous sports movie, your favorite football movie, baseball movie, boxing movie, and of course, come on, people, this is a hockey podcast, so we're going to end with hockey movies. Hockey movies. So which one of us should go first here? Go ahead. Now, I know all of you would be very, I'm sure everyone's first choice for hockey movie would probably be Youngblood. I'm guessing. So I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to, I didn't even bother putting Youngblood in my list. I mean, if you want if you if you if you watched Point Break or or Roadhouse and you thought, God, if they, if they could only make that on ice, that'd be great. And then they did. I mean, if you if you want Keanu Reeves, Rob Lowe, and Patrick Swayze, and and Keanu Reeves happens to play a French Canadian goaltender, learning about Canadian junior hockey, Young Blood is your flick. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it for hilarity's sake. Honest to God, you just you need to watch it just just to have experienced <laughs> young blood. But it's not on my list, I promise. <laughs> Rick is so silent, I think he got scared there for a second. Mm-hmm. My uh my runner up it's the Russell Crowe hour, apparently. Because my runner up is um now this, I I guarantee. Okay, I should say, there's a lot of great hockey movies, um, and the ones that people tend to gravitate to are kind of the silly ones, which are very good. Um, I just didn't include them on my list. It's just a it's just a preference thing. So your slap shots and your goons, um, the great movies, fantastic movies. Might the Mighty Ducks is silly as anything for kids, but I just kind of have them all in a separate category um, when it comes to watching hockey movies. So that being said, my runner up is actually mystery Alaska. Um, It's, it's, I mean, again, it's silly, Um, but Russell Crowe, Burt Reynolds. um, And it's, it's just, it's this great concept that the New York Rangers agree to come play a game of, pond hockey with these locals in Alaska. Um, and so they, you know, they, they're, it's, it's kind of a David and Goliath kind of thing. And, and it's, it's just a, it's a fun movie. It just is. Um, and I, Russell Crowe does a pretty good job. Russell Crowe does a pretty good job. Burt Reynolds is pretty fun in it. So mystery Alaska is actually my runner up. Um, and if anybody is even remotely surprised that I would say Miracle is my, is my pick for a hockey movie, then obviously you don't know that I'm a red-blooded American. <laughs> so, of course, the Miracle on Ice. Uh, and I, I have to say, Kurt Russell did a great job. And that, that The film was well cast. It was well done. Um, you know, Kurt Russell as, as Herbrook's fantastic. 
Um, and it's just, um, it's just for an American hockey fan, the miracle on ice is, is the ultimate hockey memory. Um, and, and that movie just encapsulates that. Um, and, and so miracle has to be my number one pick. Nice. Well, um, I'll agree with you on, on, um, the silly kind of movies. You won't find them on my list, although they, they could be legitimately on, on, uh, anybody's top list, goon, slap shot, those kind of movies. Um, I, uh, maybe predictably, um, uh, chose as my runner-up the Rocket, uh, the 2009 mm. film about Maurice Richard. Now, if you watch it, it's a bit of a caricature kind of uh, telling of it, um, mm-hmm. but um, but still, it's a it's a must-see kind of movie, and it, it it's uh, it's got uh, a bunch of hockey players: um, uh, Mike Ricci uh played Elmer Locke and uh uh Vinny LeCavalier played John um Beliveau. um Lappy from your your Flyers was uh, Bernie Jeffreyon Sean Avery's even in it uh Stefan Kintel um yeah it's 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 uh, for a Canadians fan it's it's um a prerequisite it's required reading uh, required watching um I I cheated a little bit on my um on my um number one movie for hockey. Um, and that's cause it's, 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 well, it's a long movie. It's a series actually. Uh, mm. and it's a, a Ken Dryden series, um, called home game and it's brilliantly done. It's, um, if you've read the book, the game, it's kind of the long version of, uh, the game. Uh, home game is, is, uh, Ken Dryden's, uh, visual telling of, of hockey in Canada. And it's, it's, uh, it's a brilliantly, done six-part series um and uh, again for hockey fans uh, a must watch fabulous i like it lots of uh different answers there it makes me want to go uh queue up the the blu-ray player for a few days and <laughs> sit down and watch a bunch of sports movies uh but don't forget that means we want to hear from you be sure to tweet us at the ahl report let us know your favorite miscellaneous general sports movie, football movie, baseball movie, boxing movie, and hockey movie. We want to hear about it because maybe it's one that we have not seen and we can add to our must-watch list uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, be sure to hit us up. Let us know. Uh, that was a, And nicely done, uh, Mr. Stevens. That was a very good suggestion. I liked it. I liked it. Um, we'll see what other formal proposals um, – that I get via email for, for consideration. Yeah. Yes. And PowerPoint presentations are always a, pro- a plus. So you know, <laughs> keep that in mind. Make sure you have a good All elevator right. pitch. Um, before we head out, uh, we, of course, I do want to leave you with the feel good finale. Uh, again, COVID related. Um, there were a number of weeks ago, there was a, of course, you know, it's, it's awful to see what our farmers are going through right now. Um, dairy farmers, uh, cattle farmers, because of, um, you know, restaurants being closed, there's demand down for certain ingredients with processing plants getting hit very hard with COVID. Processing plants are getting shut down. There are farmers who have had to put livestock down. There are dairy farmers that are having to 
get rid of, of, of milk and dairy products because they've got an overabundance. Um, you know, it's, it's really difficult on the farmers right now. Support a local farmer. If you've got one nearby, a local farmer's market, whatever, supports your local farmers. Uh, and there was a farmer in Michigan recently uh, who was diagnosed with COVID-19, and he was so sick, um, he was really too ill to be, I mean, you know what it's, what it's like. If you've got a, a, an even a, a moderate case of coronavirus, you can't get out of bed for two weeks. You, just getting up and walking to the bathroom is an effort with, with the breathing and so forth. And so he was physically unable to get out to plant his crops. And if he didn't get those crops planted, um, you know, Farming is a is a is a very delicate business to be in, and and one year's lost crops, and you could lose everything. And uh, turns out that his neighboring farmers found out, and dozens of them came out to till his fields and plant his crops for him, in addition to their own, uh, so that by the time he recovers from coronavirus, his crops will be well underway and he's not at risk of losing an entire season of growing. So wow. we, we love to hear those kinds of stories. And that's exactly the kind of, of community uh, support that we love to see uh, everyone giving each other during this, this troubling time. Um, and we're certainly hoping that this farmer makes full recovery, um, which and I would, I would, imagine that he has and I'm sure he's quite grateful to those farmers for stepping in and getting his crops planted for him as I said be kind to your farmers all of your food comes from your farmers we need farmers farmers are the backbone of of our society uh, and it would be um, they need a lot of support um, and with that, we've reached the end of another episode, Rick. Um, be sure again to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can find me at Flyers Rule, and of course, you can find Rick at All Habs. For uh, you can let us know uh, if you've got questions or comments about hockey. If there's something you want to learn about, something you need to know, uh, we're happy to to interact. Or if you just want to to comment on current uh, hockey events and so forth, or if you want to tell Rick why soccer really is a, a valid sport, <laughs> welcome to tell him that as well. Um, <laughs> but we love to hear from you. We're so glad that you're listening. And uh, of course, Rick, uh, there's a few places that people go to, uh, can go to listen to all of our episodes of this podcast and the Canadians Connection. How can they find that? Well, we have a hotline for the uh, soccer folks. Uh, it's our Rocket Sports uh, text line. It's 5853-ROCKET. Actually, anybody can use it. You don't have to <laughs> uh, message me about soccer. Uh, text us, 5853-ROCKET. Um, also, you want to go to the website for this show, ahl.report, ahlreport.com. Either will work. Um, if you want just information about podcasts if you just want to listen to podcasts go to rocketsportsradio.com you'll find both podcasts uh this one from the press box and the canadians connection there uh we're happy to uh, uh provide podcasts that are produced and hosted by uh, credentialed hockey journalists and and uh we know that you have all kinds of choices out there and we're happy that you uh have stuck with us uh through this uh, uh pause um, also, if you're on the go, um, you want to uh, uh, load up your, your favorite um, um, uh, podcast app 
whether it be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and uh, search for Rocket Sports Radio. Search for Rocket Sports Radio. Subscribe, and you'll get uh, all the podcasts that we do. Uh, that's two a week uh, delivered directly to you. Fabulous. Uh be sure to come back again next week for another episode of From the Press Box. We're so glad that you were here with us today. Uh, be safe, wash your hands, social distance, uh, and uh, continue to be well. And we'll see you back here for another great episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams. Oh, pushing.